Hey guys, it's Madison here with just a few programming notes. This episode we discuss a relatively recent event dealing with a lot of specific names, places, and personalities. Now, I am not a journalist, and I only halfway listened to two amazing podcasts to get my notes for the show. I will link those in our description. This episode is not meant to report on facts, and I do not want you to take anything I say seriously or as gospel. Just like if you were riding along with Sydney and I in the car, I will most likely misspeak. Please, please, please don't harass anyone we discussed today. And to anyone we discussed today, please, please, please don't sue us. This is just for some fun commentary. Uh, one other note, there are a few audio issues that happen until about minute eight. I tried my best to edit around them, but I honestly think that I just recorded with my AC on. They will go away, I promise. If it drives you insane, please just skip ahead, and I promise it will not happen next time. One final note, we're going to close the secret Twilight giveaway at the end of March. I know that seems like a long time from when we started, but we just wanted to give as many people as possible a chance to enter. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, head back to that episode and give it a listen. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Madison, and let them eat cake. Hi, I'm Sydney, and sometimes things that are expensive are worse. You know, I feel like oftentimes things that are expensive are worse. I agree, and it always, like, it's very disappointing, you know, to finally splurge on a fancy thing, and then when you get it, you're like, huh. Could have saved $70 on this. (laughs) I feel that way about makeup and things like that, like products that are dispensable. Like you buy something, like you look forward to purchasing a palette and then I'm like, damn, my $10 ColourPop was like so much better than this. Mm -hmm. Or like spending a lot of money on a meal and then you're done with it and it's gone and you're like... That was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Or it just sucks. Like, you're like, oh, this actually... Yeah, if the meal's bad, that's even Oh, I worse. actually didn't think that that was that good. It turns out I don't like polenta. <laughs> when you're spending a lot of money, it's probably not the time to try new things. <laughs> Step out of your comfort zone. So speaking of spending lots of money on food and stepping out of your comfort zone, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you a question that... I have heard also posed on the Fraudsters podcast about this very same topic. Sydney, you're part of the Hmm. New York social elite. You are living in the east side. You're artsy. (laughs) You work for some fancy magazine. I don't know. You're doing something in that social circle. Am I wearing sunglasses inside? Of course you are. (laughs) And they're huge. And I still smoke for some reason. (laughs) Indoors in New York. (laughs) I'm just thinking about sex in the city. Go on. (laughs) Okay. You're Carrie Bradshaw. (laughs) 
Oh no. <laughs> no, that's the only character. Hold on, I have to I have to go to therapy. <laughs> that's, that's the only character I know the name of. Um So you're at dinner with a friend. Um, maybe a couple of friends. You've been there for a while, you've had a lot of drinks, you've had some apps, you've had some maybe expensive plates at some fancy hotel bar. The bill comes and your friend goes, Oh no. I don't know why my credit card's not working. I left my wallet in my other pants. Whatever. Oh my god. But the bill is $3,000. Leave me alone. What are you doing? <laughs> don't ask me questions like this. <laughs> this, this makes my tummy hurt. <laughs> um, I guess if I'm rich, I just, like, pay for it, right? I mean... Yeah, I... How in, how disposable is my income? For the purposes of this story, very disposable. Disposable enough that you would not track down somebody for this $3,000 in press charges. Damn. That would be the life. But okay, yeah, then I would pay for it. Whatever. You wouldn't make her wash dishes, per se? Sucks that you work here now, huh? <laughs> Better get <laughs> used to opening doors. <laughs> Y'all got an extra apron back there? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that $3,000 is actually $62,000, and instead of a fancy restaurant in New York, you've actually gone to Marrakesh, Morocco, and stayed at one of the finest luxury resorts in the world. Uh-huh. And you make probably what I make now at my job, except you're a photo editor for Vanity Fair living in New York, where it costs $2,000 a minute to be on the street. Mm. Ta-da! Today we're talking about Anna Delvey! <laughs> Yay! What, boo, boo. <laughs> Good question. So that's part of her allure. And can I just say, Miss Anna, honey, queen, if you are listening to this, congratulations on your release from prison. Very recently, <laughs> February eleventh, twenty twenty-one. We're so happy you're back. Oh, my goodness. Um, been under the hole for a week, eh? <laughs> so happy for her. Yes. So. Who is Anna Delvey, or um, by her birth name, Anna Sorokin? Uh, she was a Russian-born woman who gained notoriety for her singular role in a gigantic fraud scandal. She eventually goes on to become known as the Soho House Grifter. <laughs> or just the Soho Grifter, I think. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just the Soho Grifter. They call me the Soho Grifter. I want to start by acknowledging my sources, um, or the people that got me the most interested. I am not going to go too deep into names or too deep into locations. This is more just a general discussion of her overall crimes. Um, but if you are interested in those details, I highly recommend um, the BBC4 podcast, Fake Heiress, uh, written by... cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Scout wants to be on the podcast. Our Mom, first guest. I can't believe you won't <laughs> let me come in there and meow at you into the mic. Yeah, I can't believe it either. Yeah, I know. I'm so rude. I'm terrible. I'm abusive cat mom. Canceled. <laughs> Canceled. Madison Your shuts in this town are over. Madison shuts doors in her own apartment. Canceled. Anyways. <laughs> BBC Four podcast by Vicky Baker and Chloe Moss, and then also I listened to the Fraudsters two-part podcast on this um, by Cena Gaznavi and Justin Williams. They interview New York Times journalist Emily Palmer, 
Those are the five people that I have listened to to get some understanding of what the hell is going on here because there are so many fancy architect and art names. There are so many fancy restaurant names and hotels and celebrity trainers and private jets that there's no way that my broke ass can even like begin to pronounce a designer name of some shit that she wore somewhere. But I can tell you overall her journey. Please do. So she was born in Russia um, to a truck driver, hardworking, um, middle-class family. was described by in her classmates. Soviet Russia. In Soviet Russia. Truck drive you. <laughs> well, Soviet Russia or 1991? <laughs> this is way right, more... regular Russia, fine. Yeah. <laughs> this was way more recent than I thought it would be based on some of the financial crimes that she was able to get away with because... Um, well, I would... hey, the Soviet Union didn't fall till 90, so it's very close. Oh, that's true. But yes, your point still stands. I would not think that somebody would be able to get away with stuff like this and, and in our day and age. For sure. Like, I can't even... I, my bank card has called me about me trying to buy gas in the town that I live in. So I have no <laughs> idea how this got this far and out of hand. Um, so she's a Russian-born woman. Uh, she moves to Germany with her family when she's 16. Um, she was described by classmates as having struggled with the language, kind of not fitting in, very quiet, um, but very interested in fashion and um, like, had a designer bag, you know? Probably more than most of these German high schoolers are, like, really going for. Right. And so that, that interest in fashion, uh, leads her to get a job at a Paris fashion magazine called Purple. And that kind of catapults her into this life of crime. <laughs> because... I like... I liked hearing your little clap. I could imagine exactly what you just did. I clap my hands. You, you do your little clap and you send your right hand like straight up into the sky. I actually did like a little rainbow with my right hand, but very close. Oh. I clapped. Oh yeah, that is much more you, isn't it? Yeah, a little rainbow. A little Her catapult. life of crime. <laughs> so she uses this opportunity to rebrand herself from Anna Sorokin to Anna Delvey because she feels like Anna Delvey is a much more unique name and she will stand out. Which is what she wanted to do when she started inserting herself into every fashionable photo that was taken at, like, Paris Fashion Week, on photo sets, fancy bars around the area. She just starts cozying up to anybody with any kind of power or money or social circle that she's interested in becoming a part of. Now, she was an intern at Purple. And this, like, quiet girl just walks up and introduces herself as somebody who they should have known forever. And they should be old friends. And why aren't we drinking together? And it just works somehow. I like the confidence. Yeah. Great confidence. And that is what... Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> Watching my wavelengths, it was like the tiniest little sneeze, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> expels a demon. <laughs> um, so the events around like the early days are kind of blurry. Some of this is on her Instagram. By the way, she's on her Instagram now, running it. Please don't harass her. It, I don't. None of our thirty listeners are going to go harass this poor woman. Um. <laughs> 
So we appreciate that, but also, like, this isn't really a call-out post so much as just, like, a commentary on the financial system as a whole. So anyways, <laughs> um, she's traveling around um, various places. So at this point, she's, like, showing up in these fashion shows. She's going to fancy parties. She appears at the Soho House in Miami Beach. So starting the Soho House thing early. Um, here's the fun fact that I learned today. Her and Billy McFarlane crossed paths, I think, in Miami. Billy McFarlane. Maybe the creator of the Fire Festival. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, they crossed paths. Apparently, um, they were maybe staying at the same house or something. But yeah, this, this was That's dubbed hilarious. this summer that she was arrested was dubbed the summer of the scam because she was arrested for this giant grift and he was arrested for the fire festival debacle i think hilarious if if he wasn't arrested within that summer it was like at least unveiled what happened i highly recommend watching both the hulu and netflix fire festival documentary if you aren't familiar with that because that is a whole other grift so then because she's hanging out with all these social circles, where do all these people go, if not in Paris, if not in London, if not in Marrakesh, Morocco? New York City, baby! The city of brotherly love. <laughs> Concrete dreams are made. The, the city by the bay. The windy city. New York. The big ol' apple. <laughs> the, the small onion. The stinky onion. So she takes her growth to the Stinky Onion. <laughs> um, she attends a New York Fashion Week party. She stays at various hotels, like hotels that I can't pronounce the name of and have never heard of before because they're very boutique and very expensive. And she's got this like kind of big Instagram following at this point. She's kind of uh, posing as, um, well, not kind of, she's, she is somewhat of an influencer, and she's posing as a German heiress, which is really funny because she never mastered the German language, but she's telling everyone in these social circles that she's meeting that she is the heir to a $60 million trust fund that her German grandfather has left her, her German grandfather, who was very involved in the world of the arts, and took her to all kinds of museums and has inspired this great passion in her for art. And this will come in later. I love that. Because she decides that she's going to start her own foundation called the Anna Delvey <laughs> Foundation. I'm going to manifest some wealth. Going to manifest some wealth. Honestly, this is the capitalistic dream. You move to America, and by your bootstraps alone, you build a wealth for yourself. And honestly, if she had gotten away with her original plan... She might could have done it. She might have become a self-made millionaire completely out of thin air with no starting capital whatsoever. Like, the money to get her on the flight to New York. A real uh, Carnegie figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a real robber baron. Yeah, a real rags to riches type. So, Sydney, you've stayed in a hotel before. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> when you check into a hotel, um, what do you usually have to do? Show a little leg. Okay. Maybe <laughs> flash the girls. <laughs> you put down a credit card for the room. You put down a credit card for the room for incidentals, always. 
Um, like if you say a wild raging party, they're going to come for your ass and they're going to charge your credit card and you've got to put it down or else you can't get in the room and they don't give you the key or whatever. Amen, sister. But if you're this rich woman and you claim to know the owner of the hotel and you sew a $100 tip at the front desk person, maybe you get away with not putting your credit card down. Hmm. And maybe you parade around like you are in busy businesswoman meetings and you are way too busy to be dealing and talking about money and how dare you insult my wealth. Can't you see my designer clothes and my $400 highlash extensions and my personal trainer to the celebrities? What? Why would you think that I would not settle my bill? But, but what if I don't have $100 to tip the person at the door? <laughs> Um, then you have to put your credit card down. <laughs> oh, no. This is never going to work out for me. <laughs> You're probably not staying at one of these suites, either. Um, You're right, I'm not. Because I feel like <laughs> most of the people in these hotels probably can do the $100 tip. <laughs> I just pulled a tree root out of my toilet. I don't really know if um, I'm going to be staying at the, the Ritz-Carlton. I'm sorry. You pulled a tree root out of your toilet today? Yeah, you know. Like, from the bowl? <laughs> no, but um, my basement, this is the um, third installment of a saga of tree roots ruining my life <laughs> oh, when no. it comes to my plumbing. So um, the, the first night, or the first time this happened is when I first moved in, um, we had to bust out the basement and replace the pipe because it was full of tree roots. And then in November... <laughs> Just slap full. It was. The little clump. It was like a pipe-shaped clump of tree roots that was like three feet long. Um, And then uh, in November, the drainage trap to my laundry was full of tree roots. So we had to snake it um, because it was making our basement smell bad because the water was backing up onto our floor and the furnace was heating it up and making everything smell like dookie. Um, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then this morning we woke up and everything had that smell again and we were like, oh, good goddamn, what's happening now? And we went down there and there's a toilet that, um, is quite haunted. We can post a picture of it on the Instagram. <laughs> that should be our, our photo for this week's post because this, this overall feels like a haunted tree-rooted toilet to me. I have a, there's a cursed toilet in my basement and if you want to see its horrendous visage, you can visit our Instagram page. But, um, uh, the guy, the guy opened the pipe that was sticking out of the ground and put his phone flashlight against it. <laughs> it was all tree roots and he was like... Um, yeah. And then we called our landlord and he was like, oh yeah, that thing hasn't been cleaned out in 30 years. And, um, so he didn't pay to have it cleaned out. So now Sophia and I have to dump chemicals down the haunted toilet. So that's where my life is right now. It's, it's not in Marrakesh. (laughs) You could probably get a job working for Anna. (laughs) I, you know what? She seems smart. So... (laughs) She seems very charismatic. So, um, she didn't just show up to New York to party and drink at bars and meet friends. She came to work, bitch. (laughs) Uh, she is gonna start 
the Anna Delvey Foundation, and she is going to buy uh, the Missions Church House, which is some fancy house in New York, some good building. I don't know. I, I've never been to New York in my life, so forgive my ignorance, New York. Neither have I. But she's, she's buying some fancy building. It's going to be a studio space. It's going to be uh, a creative space. They're going to be uh, some restaurants, a bar. Ooh, a lot. All kinds of stuff. And um, this is going to be, to get it started, it's going to cost um, in the ballpark of $50 million. <clears throat> what? <laughs> it's going to cost $50 million. Okay, I'm going to conceptualize that as Taco Bell tacos. That's 50 million Taco Bell tacos. That's too many. Okay. You know when they did like 10 tacos for a dollar or whatever? <laughs> Jack in the box, $10 for a dime or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, you remember how much space 10 tacos would take up in a box? Yes. Okay, now picture 50 million tacos. Well, let's let's be a little more fair. Okay, we're fancy, right? So, if if you think, yeah. if you conceptualize it with Crunchwrap Supremes, that's still ten million Crunchwrap Supremes. And even like li- even the compact nature of the Crunchwrap Supreme still <laughs> seems like it would take up too much space. Yeah. Hey, um, that's a lot of tacos. Why is hunger a thing in America? You know. Yeah. Mm. Well, okay. So so here's the thing. It's it's not like she's wasting. Her own money on this because she don't got no <laughs> money. True. She ain't got no dollars. Got She's been funding this lavish lifestyle through a means of number one, not paying people back and asking them to put their cards <laughs> down. And what's what's wild to me is that some of these people are so rich that they just kind of like write off her three thousand dollar bills that they never get paid back for. Right. Um and nobody's, like, really pursuing her. And this isn't the course of a couple months. This is, like, four years that she's doing this. And same, a lot of these hotels aren't pressing charges or, like, really going after her, whatever. But she's also participating in um, a scheme called check-kiting. And it, in 2015, she's able to check-kite. Jesus. As a former auditor, I'm going to explain check-kiting for... Yeah. Anybody who for us, for us um, was born after, like, <laughs> 1987, after checks went out the door. <laughs> he was born after 1970. Honestly, if I had to write a check right now, like, handwrite a check, it would it would take me a minute to, like, sit there and think, like, how do I actually write this out? I had to write one to the plumber this morning, and I just kept looking at it like, ooh, pretty. I'm glad I have 400 of these that will take me 10 years to use. Well, she went through them pretty quick because check hiding is when, we'll use two banks as an example. So you are at bank one and bank two. You write a check from bank one to yourself for some amount of money. In this case, we'll say $500. We're doing grandma levels of crime here. So $500 to you. You take that check, one, and you go to bank two and deposit it and take out the money, the $500 that you've given yourself from bank one. Now, bank two doesn't know for a couple of days that bank one never actually had the $500 and the check 
doesn't clear. Now imagine that on a scale of instead of two bangs, it's 15. <laughs> and instead of $500, it's 30 grand. Um, I don't want to. <laughs> that seems bad. And like something the kid from Home Alone would do in a movie. <laughs> in a movie. It, it all is very theatrical. I can't... I will never grow out of the habit of waking up every morning and checking my bank balance. I cannot I'll never imagine. grow out of the habit of being so scared to check my bank balance that I don't open the app for months at a time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I talk myself out of, like, McDonald's sometimes. <laughs> I can't imagine being like, I'm gonna pay myself $30,000 that I don't have. It's like... That's like twice of what I live off of in a year. That's crazy. Anna, Anna, you could have gotten a lot further in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> in Cleveland, Ohio on a grad student budget? <laughs> Honey, for $50 million, you could buy the fucking Cleveland Museum of Art. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you could own one-fourth of Cleveland. <laughs> you could own <laughs> Cleveland. You could name it after yourself. So she needs $50 million, and you can't really get $50 million check-kiting. You can get thirty grand, but you can't get $50 That's million. That's And so she kind of builds up some interest with her social circle. She's kind of putting together a board <laughs> of Vision people board. that... Uh, <laughs> that really believe No, like a board of directors. Oh, a board like board. People <laughs> who actually... Be- a board board. Board of directors of people with... Actual social currency, actually, and the intelligence to be able to start a foundation like this. And she has some other friend that she's met in one of her social circles, like, put together a business proposition. There's a whole big business proposition that she puts together for two banks. And these two banks, she uh, gets a personal introduction for. One is Citibank, and the other is a bank called Fortress Bank. (laughs) And so she goes to both with her business plans after these personal introductions and somebody who is vouching for her saying, yes, this is my good friend, Anna. She does have a $60 million trust fund. She's good for this money. Citibank says, "Mm, no, we're just not. But Fortress Bank is willing to consider her. Now, while she's making this (laughs) deal to try and get $50 million dollars, her visa runs out because she's on a tourist visa. She doesn't actually live, live in New York. So she's got to go oh, back to damn. Germany <laughs> and hang out with her parents and try and conduct business in New York from, like, her childhood bedroom in Germany. <laughs> Fortress Bank sounds like its primary function and service revolves around Bitcoin and PlayStation gift cards. It doesn't sound like a real bank. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, one of the bankers that she was working with was one of the people that brought down the Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. <laughs> oh. Was the wo- Leonardo DiCaprio? What did he do to him? <laughs> Leo! No, no, America's sweetheart. Okay, so she's back in Germany now? Yes, with her parents. <laughs> no, you've gone home. Uh, for. 
some amount yeah, of time. Yeah, I try to steal $50 million when I'm at home. <laughs> I, at best, I try to steal two jars of peanut butter. Right. Like, mom sends you home with clean laundry, whatever. <laughs> but are you able to get anything done uh, when no, you're at home with your parents? Not. Because I am not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I am suddenly going to see friends that we haven't seen in a while and I'm going to see my Mima or I'm going shopping or out to lunch or taking a walk through a field for some good old family time. There's no way that my family would ever allow me to be cooped up in my room forging bank documents. <laughs> so she's using some Photoshop skills that she learned at Purple. Um, or maybe she's editing it in Microsoft Word. I've heard both. But she's editing bank statements to um, testify to Fortress Bank that she has $60 million. And she's emailing back and forth under her um, under a fake identity, the manager of her family office. And um, also another member, like a banker from a Swiss bank. And she has like a burner phone. And she's emailing these back. And they're like, great. This all looks good. Um, we just need a small deposit of $100,000 to collateralize a little bit of the loan. Like, we've got to take some fees out of it. We just want to have a little bit of your money here. It's a $50 million loan. Before we give you. Um, it's less than less than 1% of the total. Yeah, that's a fantastic uh, rate for a down payment. Jesus. Is that what it's called? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, you can't buy a car for that. Like, you couldn't say, "I want to take this car off a lot, and I'm going to give you no money," unless <laughs> unless you're at Toyota Thon Truck Month, <laughs> where everybody leaves zero with a nicer, newer vehicle, like zero <laughs> percent APR financing for six months. Even Jay Gilstrap's asking you to put down, like, right. 2% of your car Oh, Jay Gilstrap of the Gilstrap Family Dealership and Truck Farm of Easley. Yeah, Jay Gilstrap of the <laughs> Gilstrap Family Dealership and Truck Farm of Easley. So she's like, okay. <laughs> Shit. What do I do? I'm gonna go back to City. Alright, I know you guys said no to $50 million, but what if I said, instead of that, no, no. Small ask, let me overdraft $100,000. Um, because I need <laughs> because it. Because reasons. And it's I'll put it back. I'll put it back, like, within the month. You've seen that I already have this money. You don't want to lose any future dealings with a client like me. And they're like, you know, that's true. If you actually have all this money and we've seen the bank statements that say that you do, we don't want to lose that future business. So, yeah, I guess go ahead and overdraft your $100,000. So she overdrafts her $100,000. And she gives it to Fortress Bank, and she's like, great, where's my check? And they said, oh, no, that's excellent. Thank you very much, ma'am. Now we are going to fly somebody from our bank to your bank in Switzerland to meet and compare, ask a couple of questions, check off a couple boxes, and you can have your loan. Which, for $50 million, I'd fly to Switzerland yeah. to make sure everything checks out. But the problem, you see, is that there is no Swiss bank. Oh, no. <laughs> and there is no Swiss banker. And there... She even... I think at one point she kills off her family uh, office oh, no. manager. <laughs> says, he, says he died. Um, his daughter was sick and then he died. Uh, I can't come to the phone right now. I'm dead. 
Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Oh. Wow, she stole she's that dead. from Anna Delvey. <laughs> yeah, she stole that from Peter Frank or whatever the hell the fake name was. Peter Heineke. Peter Heineke, <laughs> something like that. Peter Heineke. Come on, I'm explainer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see it here. It's Peter Heineke, I think. H-E-N-N-E-C-K-E. <laughs> so, he, Peter's dead. Tragic. Swiss bank. Doesn't exist. Anna is shit out of luck. Please, can I have my deposit back? Um, my my father has decided he's going to fund this project on his own because this is just taking too long and everybody here is an incompetent moron. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can have $55,000 back because we have to take $45,000 for our fact-finding fees <laughs> and all of our legal help that we've enlisted and our, our auditors and our due diligence. So we're going to take a little bit off the top. Here's $55,000 back. One sec. My DoorDash is almost here. I'm going to go stand by the front door. I'm back. All right. So what happened next? So she's got $55,000 to like roll out on the town. Um, oh, she's not paying it back. She actually moved it to a different bank account so that it was in her personal control and nobody can touch it. And so then... Um, she goes to, like, Elise Walker and Apple and shopping, and she goes and checks in at another hotel and runs up a $30,000 bill. So, she, she's not trying to make this money last, I can see. No, no. So, she gets kicked out of this hotel room eventually because she um, does clear some of her balance, but she keeps running up these, like, crazy-ass bills, and they're like, get the hell out. So, um... Little downtrodden, her $50 million loan didn't go through. She's spent most of her $55,000, I assume. Um, what do you do in that situation, Sydney? Like, you're, you've are you you've been kicked out of where you're staying. Your loan, your foundation's probably not going to go through. Like, how are you clearing your mind? Um, drugs and alcohol? Good first choice. Um, Join the army. <laughs> Popping. <laughs> uh, flee to Mexico. Um, Popping a Miller High Life in a park. Popping a Miller High Life and getting a $5 Little Caesars cheesy bread on my fake credit card. Sobbing Just in Getting Central in the park. river and floating away. <laughs> She decides instead that she is going to invite her good friend, Rachel Williams, a Vanity Fair photo editor, um, a celebrity trainer, and then a videographer that Rachel knows from Vanity Fair. She's going to invite those people, and she's going to go to Marrakesh, Morocco, and stay at some fancy resort. Um, That's another way you could handle that. And just go on a trip. <laughs> yeah. Um... So she invites everybody, and she says she wants to shoot a promotional video for the Anna Delvey Foundation, the foundation that has not yet started and probably won't, but promotional video. Let's go. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, If somebody asked me to go to Marrakesh, Morocco, just randomly, like, over dinner, I would oh, be yeah. hella suspicious. I'd be like, you're trying to get me to traffic um, drugs, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure... That this happens in this business somewhat, like you go to photo shoots in random places or whatever, so maybe it makes a little more sense in that context. 
But I don't know. Just over like a, a drink, somebody points at me and says, do you want to go nah, to this man, fancy I watch resort too much in Morocco? Locked up abroad. You're not tricking me. Um, <laughs> yes, I've seen too many heroin suitcases. I'm not going. But she going. So uh, Anna says that she is very busy <laughs> with her busy businesswoman meetings and she can't. Here's a picture of my credit card, Rachel, my dear friend, since I'm doing all of this for you. Do you mind just arranging the flights? And Rachel's like, yeah, sure. I do this all the time for work. I'll do it. I don't care. I'll put your card in. Card's not working. Okay, well, (laughs) the flight people are going to go home uh, that you can't buy a ticket. This is 2016 or 2015. I don't know. It's mid-2010s. You'd think that all of this would be done online, but, like, oh, no, time crunch. It's the afternoon they're supposed to be leaving. Um, panic ensues. Rachel, can you just put it on your credit card? I'll pay you back later. And it's just like, <laughs> all right, yeah, sure. So, like, no. $7,000 flights. <laughs> I actually can't put it on my credit card. Thank you. <laughs> on the credit card. Um, <laughs> no, I guess we're not going. Yeah, 100%. Even if I had gotten this far, which is so unlikely, if somebody asked me to put these flights on my credit card. Absolutely not. And to Rachel's credit, she was watching Anna spend real money. Um, She really was wearing $400 eyelash extensions and Gucci belts and sandals from some designer <laughs> I can't pronounce and having $700 laser spa treatments and she was taking Rachel to these spas and to the restaurants and things like that so she saw real cash Mm. being spent in these places and just assumed yeah "Yeah, okay sure and then they get there Anna does her usual doesn't put a credit card down when she gets there to check into the resort and so they, they go around town and they do like horseback riding and tennis lessons and private villa, fancy dinners, tours of various resorts, blah, blah, blah. It costs a lot of money. The whole time Anna is saying, uh, there's a freeze on my credit card. I didn't call the bank before I was traveling, so they won't let me spend this money. Rachel, can you add it to my tab? And then the resort staff, having already asked for a credit card or some form of payment multiple times and receiving, like, I'll pay you later, or no answer whatsoever. They come in the middle of the night. They knock on the door and they say, you put a credit card <laughs> right now. So they're just all, the whole traveling team is just sitting in the living room of this private villa like, okay, Anna, where's the money? And she apparently is like calm as a cucumber. Just stone cold savage. I'm waiting on my bank to release the hold of my credit card. I can do nothing until then. What do you want me to do? And... Rachel's panicking, thinking she's going to, <laughs> like, Moroccan jail. <laughs> so, she is like, I didn't see another option. I gave them my credit card. And actually, she didn't even give them her credit card. I think she gave them Vanity Fair's credit card. Jesus. <laughs> she is now in the hole when she gets back to the tune of $62,000. Relatable. <laughs> More than the entirety of my student loans for four years, somehow. <laughs> um... So she owes a college for a education's weekend. worth of money oh back to Rachel for a week in Morocco. Um, and Rachel's on the line with Vanity Fair and she's like, Anna, excuse me, dear, where the shit is this money? 
And she just keeps getting, like, blown off and blown off and blown off. And maybe it would have taken longer to come to a head here. But having come back from this resort, being kicked out of this other hotel, like, kind of running out of her usual grips. Um, normally she was, like, a lot more careful whenever she would, Anna would only eat in hotel bars and restaurants and things like that so she could always charge it to a room and then kind of run out on the bill. But she goes to some fancy restaurant, not part of the hotel that she's staying at, stays there for six hours, runs up a pretty big bill, and can't invite anybody. Like, no one will come and join her. And normally, if she had a bill that she couldn't pay, she would invite a friend. Oh, no, I forgot my credit card. Can you please pay? Whatever. So nobody comes, and she runs out, and the, uh, apparently the restaurant staff chase her, like, ma'am, you didn't pay your bill. Oh, sorry. Busy business meeting. Somebody will come and pay it. Please let me go. And the cops show up, uh, and they uh, say, no, no. This time. Come with us. And again, this is just like a running out on a restaurant charge. I don't know that this is any serious criminal happening. Like, I think she just, like, had to go be booked and was immediately, like, released back on the street, whatever. Uh, <laughs> nothing like old Bill Slykos. But it's a slow day in New York for crime reporting. This actually happened to be a magical day in New York where nothing criminal was really happening. So this court reporter and her photographer see this fancy woman in all this nice clothing and she's with some well-to-do lawyer and they're coming out of this building so they take a picture of her because they don't really have anything else to report that day and so this article about her once they dive in to figure out who she is and oh well she actually ran out of this restaurant but she also ran out on this hotel bill and this hotel bill gets published on this website it is the number one trafficked article that month all of her rich fancy elite friends read this article and figure out uh, that she's a fraud. Um, or she at least has, like, some really shady dealings with all of the places that she's staying at in New York. So Rachel sees this article and is like, oh, shit. Maybe this has been a scam the entire time. I better go tell the police what happened. So she goes with her $62,000 credit card bill and this article. And she's like, I think my friend Anna is scamming me. <laughs> we agree. Like, yes. <laughs> Anna fails to appear in court. Yes. Anna fails to appear in court. She instead decides um, that she, instead of going to court, needs to go and stay at Passages Malibu in California right. to get away from it all once more. So she goes and she checks in and says, oh, my father will not let me have my trust fund until I dry out here. Um, I would like to be checked in to this fancy rehab center. And so Rachel gets in to contact her, like, you missed your court date. We need to sort this out. Like, you can tell me what's wrong. Panicking. She says, Rachel says at this time that she's, like, waking up, like, and she can't breathe in the morning. She is so worried about all of this. Rightfully so. And Anna's like, this isn't really a good time. I'm in hospital. She's like, oh no, is everything okay? What happened? And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in rehab. Uh, <laughs> so she, she's got to fly out for something related to Vanity Fair anyway. So she says, my dear sweet friend, Anna, can we please meet up and let me just check on you and you know, let, let bygones be bygones. Let's, let's be friends. And I just wanted to make sure you're okay. 
And Anna's like, yeah, you know, sounds good. So she's planning on meeting Rachel for lunch, but who she actually meets nice. is the Los Angeles PD. A sting operation. <laughs> if you were really a New Yorker, you would have clocked that. <laughs> you would have clocked it. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> um, she got away with so much for so long. It is very funny to me that she fell for that, though. Um, I mean... Maybe she just wanted to see her friend. Maybe she was sick of being at rehab. I don't know. But to get away with, like, avoiding paying bills for four years, like, you're good enough to escape people texting you and calling you and asking you for money for four years, but you get caught in a sting operation at lunch? Mind-boggling. But anyways, she goes back to New York and she stands trial for, like, six counts of grand larceny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... She is convicted of, uh, she's convicted of all but two, and the ones that she is not convicted of are the two largest. So she's not convicted of the attempted um, theft of the $22 million loan or something, and she's not convicted of uh, the theft of the $60,000 Moroccan trip. And I've heard a lot of theories on why um, a working class New York jury probably didn't find her guilty of those two things. The first one is that bankers are very, very boring. And this is very embarrassing for a very rich celebrity catering bank to admit that they almost came within a flea fart of giving this poor girl with no money $50 million based off of (laughs) connections alone. So they really kind of try and sweep it under the rug. They send all of their PR to testify and they make it as boring as possible (laughs) so tabloids won't write about it. And the second reason is because all of her rich friends, and even in the interviews I've heard from them, sound so whiny when they are talking about the theft. Because I would hate to be in that situation myself, but they kind of paint it like it's a relatable situation and anybody could make that mistake. I couldn't make that mistake. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, I think all the new... I think all the jurors that took two subway trains um, and a bus to get there also probably couldn't make that mistake. And so, um, when you're on the, um, when you're under oath and you're testifying that, well, yeah, I did go to the spa with her, and yeah, I did get to eat at all these rich, fancy restaurants, and yeah, I didn't expect to pay. Meanwhile, the person that can't get, like, a home loan to reinstall their heating system is just like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Poo-poo. Poo-poo. So they say, mm, that's sad. And I think American Express actually, like, dropped those charges or whatever, like, the credit card company took care of whatever outstanding stuff that Rachel had to pay or something. And also, while she's testifying, it's like the same day that a book deal has been announced where she's going to pin this whole story about how her friend Mm -hmm. Anna scammed half of New York. It's like, okay, a bad thing has happened to you, but a very good thing has also happened to you because there's a Netflix series, there's an HBO series, and there's a book deal. So really, you owe Anna (laughs) (laughs) $62,000. So really, I think Anna's kind of a hero. She goes to jail. Um, She's given a sentence of 4 to 12 years uh, and fined $24,000 and ordered to pay restitution of like $200,000. And seeing as she was released on February 11th, 2021, I don't know what her immigration status is. I don't know if she's going to face deportation or 
how that's going to work. Um, but she served her sentence in America. And from America, she had one of her friends actually post on her Instagram for her occasionally. And she's been keeping a diary. And or her social media presence is very interesting. So I <laughs> highly recommend you check it out. <laughs> and that's the story of Anna Delvey, who I somehow got super fascinated with listening to these podcasts. Because it's just so unbelievable how far she made it. And it's a lot more alluring with all the names of the fancy places that she went to that I'm, like, leaving out now. Because if it would take me three hours to, like, actually list them all off for you. Huh. I guess faking it till you make it really is a strategy that pans out sometimes. Well, until you go to jail. But, you know. Well, even in jail, apparently with some of these, like, jailhouse interviews, she wasn't unhappy. Um, the first thing that she said to Emily Palmer, the New York Times, like columnist that went there to interview her was I'm not a good person and I would do it all over again. It just got me a three year stunt on Rikers Island. What else was I supposed to do? Yeah, she apparently made friends and I can assume that she was like She's she held her own popular. enough to not be super unhappy while she was there. I saw on her um Instagram part of her diary entry uh she was giving advice on to Donald Trump about how he will um, survive his prison sentence on Rikers Island, just giving him some tips and tricks. <laughs> I don't think he'll be as popular uh, yeah, as she was. <laughs> Ooh, other fun fact. She hired a personal stylist um, to style her for her court hearings because uh, social media is forever. <laughs> I guess that's true. Well, um, that was incredibly fascinating and I'm glad she's out and I hope she hears this. We should tag her in the Instagram post so she can give us her thoughts. Yeah. I think that I'm going to. Our podcast currently follows her Instagram if anybody's interested. Anna, in I just want you out. to know that you're my hero. They deserved it. They're stupid for letting you get away with it. And, um, hit us up. <laughs> um, especially in, yeah, especially in the, like, day and age that, uh, this was happening. Now, if this were happening in 1992, right. I could see this happening. But, like, 2010? Yeah, I was under the what? impression that you weren't allowed to, like, do this sort of thing. Because you would get caught. But, um, I guess all of my worldviews are shattering around me. Quickly, so. <laughs> too. I mean, I've, like, been more suspicious of, like, a plant manager on a two-week audit than I have, like, this social elite. But I guess you tip $100 enough times. I've been more suspicious of high schoolers working at the coffee shop. <laughs> I've I've stalked the social media of my coworkers who called out of their shift better than these banks trying to look at these bank statements mm -hmm. and do their due diligence to figure out if mm -hmm. she actually had the cash that Agreed. she claimed. And that she didn't speak German that well. <laughs> um... I was just going to say, um, we can all agree that some rich people are pretty dumb, so, uh, good for her for finding the ones that would let her get away with it. Yeah, and I think that we should point out, too, like, if you truly believe in the American dream, she did <laughs> she work hustled. hard. She did pull herself up by the bootstraps, yeah. and she almost made it happen. Yeah, she was just hustling. Yeah. She um, was a hustle baby. Our richest of... <laughs> Our richest have violated far more human rights than Anna has here, so she's got she's got my support. Just don't ask me to pay for anything. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, like, I will say I feel I feel bad for any right, sort yeah. of, like, hotel employee that got in trouble or any kind of restaurant yeah, employee that, that got in trouble for That's a walked-out cool. bill. That's not cool. Yeah. Um... I don't necessarily feel that same remorse. But whatever, yeah, it's still $55,000 from Um, Fortress or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Yeah, like, Billy McFarlane, who, like, got scammed out of his, like, $40,000 hotel (laughs) stay or whatever. Like, I don't care about that, you know? Um. Yeah. So, yeah. Such as life. Say la vie. Oh, the Marie Antoinette thing. She, um... She apparently was very fond of Marie Antoinette and studied her in school and had a little black bow tattooed on her wrist in reference. And I think that is so (laughs) appropriate. Um, yeah, I reckon if she was looking to behead her socialite friends. (laughs) Or be beheaded by them. (laughs) Oh, ho, ho. You know, Marie Antoinette just wanted to play a poor peasant. Marie Antoinette was a rich woman who wanted to cosplay a poor woman uh, in a farming town. And Anna was from a poor farming town that wanted to cosplay a rich Does person. Does art imitate life? <laughs> what does life imitate art? <laughs> well, thank you for sharing, Madison. That was lovely. Um, beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. I am, I'm definitely not as good as the other podcasts that I mentioned, so mm-hmm. go listen to those for And, sure. um... <laughs> We will leave all of my resources yes, and in the let us know notes. what you would spend fifty million dollars on, if not a Soho house <laughs> or let us lots know of tacos. What? Uh, let us know what you would say if somebody asked you to put a sixty-two thousand dollar bill mm-hmm. for a trip to Marrakesh, Morocco. Better yet, let us know what your bank would say <laughs> or your employer. <laughs> yeah, let us know about a time your bank called you. <laughs> One time because the bank called me fraud. because I was ordering books on a discount book website and it charged me like $3 in Canada and they were like, "We're shutting your card down." <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. So, I'm fascinated. <laughs> Shut it down. Note, Shut See y'all next time. <laughs> <laughs>